You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Let's take our Bibles, and I'd like to share with you uh, a truth from Joshua chapter 1. Actually, I shared a very condensed version uh, with the Roanoke Rapids High School students tonight, but uh, God has used this passage of Scripture to help me uh, so much these last few days especially. Can we all just be honest that uh, we have really, we have faced some things that none of us have ever faced before, but I am so glad that God's Word is still true and God's word is still applicable, and God's promises are forever. Uh, amen and amen for that. Joshua chapter 1, and uh, we'll share that. I think I covered my announcements. If I think of something else, I'll let you know. Uh, but I appreciate it so much. I appreciate you being here. And we got some folks, I think, in the cars, and I see some of you back there, and I appreciate you. God bless you. And. Uh, it's hard because, you know, I'd like to start gossiping about people, but I never know who's sitting in the car, and I never know who's listening on the radio. So how many of you think we probably should just not gossip? You think that'd be good? That'd be good advice. I learned that when I came to Roanoke Rapids. And I started talking to people, and they said, yeah, I'm kin to so-and-so. And I said, you're kin to who? You never sit by him. You never talk to him. I never in a million years would have guessed, but it kind of made me glad I hadn't started, you know, blabbing my mouth and telling you what so-and-so said. But uh, praise God. Joshua chapter 1. Are you there? Joshua 1, verse number 6. The Bible says, Be strong and of a good courage. Uh, Miss Grace designed those cards, and uh, they're beautiful cards, but I brought one in the other day, and one of the girls was trying to figure out what that word was because it was all fancy, you know. Uh, but I think it's pronounced courage, right? Is that, is that the word? Courage. I love that word. But, you know, it goes along really with what we talked about this morning. The reason we need courage is because we are weak people. We are insufficient, and we are uh, unable on our own. But I'm glad that we can have courage in God and in his word. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Notice verse 8. We quote this verse so often, and it's such a powerful verse. But this is in the context of God telling Joshua to be courageous and to be strong and to lead God's people into the promised land. And he says, he reminds him, he says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. That means don't be discouraged. How come? For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Everywhere you go, God promised 
that he would be with you. Lord, help us as we look at this word courage. And I pray that you would fill our hearts and fill our lives with courage from above. God, we need courage. We are living in a world that is fearful. We are living in a world that doesn't know what's going to happen and doesn't know which way to turn. But God, you have given us the answer in your word that we can be strong and of good courage. Help us to do that tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, I want you to see in this passage, I see the problem. If you go back up to Joshua 1 and verse number 1, you very quickly see the problem. The problem was that Moses was dead. Moses had been the leader of Israel for over 40 years. Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egypt. They had seen the, the plagues in Egypt. They saw the death of the firstborn. They saw the parting of the Red Sea. They got into the wilderness and God supplied their needs with manna every single day, six days. And on the sixth day, there was enough for the seventh day. And God met their needs. Some of us, we're having a hard time keeping our families fed with just a couple trips to the grocery store every week. But the children of Israel never made it to the grocery store because God delivered their food every single day. The Bible says it was angels' food. Uh, in, the, in the Greek and in the Hebrew, as you really study that out, I think it was some kind of uh, Mexican food, maybe, or uh, maybe uh, some translations say it was Chick-fil-A. You know, they had it back then. Whatever, and by the way, it might have been. Because the manna did not get delivered on Sundays either, on the seventh day. So maybe it was Chick-fil-A. Oh, why am I talking about Chick-fil-A when none of us can get it tonight because it's closed? Sorry about that. But they had manna every single day. There was a, a rock. And out of that rock, there gushed coffee. I mean, out of that rock, there gushed water that not only gave the children of Israel enough to drink, but it, it was enough for their cattle. We're talking over a million and a half Jews in the wilderness, and every day God fed them, and every day God gave them water to drink when they complained about manna. See, some of you uh, ladies that cook and some of you men that cook, you don't like it when people complain about your cooking. Well, guess what? The children of Israel, they complained about God's provision. It was manna, and they still weren't happy. God gave them quail. God gave them meat to eat. Can I tell you, God took care of them. God led them uh, through the wilderness. And now Moses has died. And now Joshua has the responsibility to lead them through the Jordan River and into the promised land. But there was a problem. The problem was that Moses was dead. The problem was that Joshua had never led a nation before. The problem was that Joshua had never had an assignment that was this big. Joshua was faced with an insurmountable task. God is telling him to lead the people over the Jordan River, but the Jordan River was the least of their worries. You see, on the other side of the Jordan River, there were giants. On the other side of the Jordan River, there were cities that were walled like fortresses. Jericho was an example of that. There was no way you were getting into Jericho. There was no way you were busting in. There was no way you were climbing over or tunneling under. And Joshua is faced with the task of leading God's people into a land that was inhabited by armies. 
They had horses, they had chariots, they had weapons, and God's people, it seemed like they had nothing. That is why God had to tell Joshua, he said, hey, Joshua, don't be discouraged, buddy. Don't be depressed. Don't be afraid. Hey, don't worry about this. Don't stress it. Boy, I tell you, we face problems. I talked this morning about the the, uh, coronavirus. I don't want to talk about that every service, but I think it's important that we realize that that is a problem. It is something that we're dealing with. If you turn on the news, that's all you hear about. And by the way, I'm not so sure you can believe everything you hear on the news or read in the newspaper, but it is, it, it does exist. But for some in this room, the coronavirus is the least of your worries. For some under this tent or for some listening, you have some emotional issues that you are depressed. And maybe it has nothing to do with the pandemic. Maybe it's because of your job. Maybe it's because of your health. Maybe it's because of your finances. Maybe it's because of some relationships. Maybe, uh, maybe part of it is that you listen to too much news. Maybe you're on news overload. Maybe you just start to get a, a grasp on something and then you read something else. I, uh, I, I'm telling you, Facebook is an amazing thing. Uh, they, they said that uh, the coronavirus wasn't enough to scare everybody, so they announced the murder hornets were all coming, you know, to get everybody. And people are scared and people are terrified. And that is a problem that some people emotionally, uh, they are stressed out. They are depressed. They are defeated. Can I tell you, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 is still in the book. And it tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear. I'm not saying that there won't be problems. I'm not saying there won't be difficulties. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. But God has given us the spirit of power. Whose power? His power. He's given us the spirit of, of power and of love. You say, well, what, what, what does love have to do anything? Well, God's love overcomes any problem you have. And when you and I love God like we should and we love each other, can I tell you, uh, love covers a multitude of sins. Love makes the difference. Love, charity is so important, and that will help you, and it will help me to overcome our problems. But not only that, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has given you the ability to use your mind and use your mind to make good decisions that are based upon the word of God. Don't make your decision based on the news. Don't make your decision based upon the economic crisis. Don't make your decision based upon what so-and-so heard somebody say at work. Don't base your decisions on that. Let's get back to the Word of God. Let's base our decisions upon God's precious Word. Number one, the problem that Joshua faced. Number two, I see the promise. Oh, I love this. Uh, One of the things you ought to do as you read your Bible is you ought to take a highlighter or you ought to take a pen and mark every promise that is made in Scripture. Joshua chapter 1 has some powerful promises. Would you notice with me in Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 7, it says, uh, Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. Now, that is... Genesis to Deuteronomy, that is the law. You and I, we've got more than Genesis to Deuteronomy, and those books are good, but we've got the whole counsel. 
We've got the Old Testament. We've got the New Testament. We've got the book of Revelation. We know what's going to happen. We know that Jesus is coming back, and you and I can rest on the promises of God. In this passage, God promises Joshua. He says, I want you to know, and I want you to remember that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. You know, really, that's all you need to know is that God is with you. That's all you need to know. It doesn't matter what you face tomorrow. God has promised that he will be with you. It goes on to say that God will not fail us and he will not forsake us. I'm so glad for the promises of God. You can trust his promise. You can trust his word. You say, but I've got problems. Well, join the crowd, but I got a promise. And my promise is from the word of God is that God will never leave me and he will never forsake me. My promise is that God said, I will not fail thee and I will not forsake thee. So I want you to notice number three, the plan. How was Joshua going to carry out the command of God? What was going to be necessary for this to become a reality? Keep in mind, they didn't have an army. Keep in mind, they didn't have a bridge to get across the Jordan River. They didn't have boats. They didn't have cargo ships. Now, they didn't have tanks. They didn't have uh, uh, aircraft. They were supposed to conquer a land, and they had nothing to go on except they had courage. And God told Joshua, he said, I want you to be strong and very courageous. The word courage, it means to be strong. It means to be bold. It means to be brave. Courage is not just something that we have. Courage is something that we are supposed to be. Courage is not just something you pick up when you leave your house and you stick it in your pocket. But courage is something that we ought to have in our hearts and lives 24-7 everywhere we go. You say, but how can I have courage? You can have courage because of the promises of God. You can have courage because you have read the Bible and you know that God's word is true. Without the Bible, you cannot have courage. Without the promises of God, you cannot have courage. Without the promises of God, you're on your own. You're, you're counting on luck. You're counting on coincidence. You're counting on things to work out in your favor. But friend, I'm not counting on coincidence. I am placing my faith and my trust in what God said and what God's word has said is that God will bring us through. I'm glad for the plan. I'm glad that God told Joshua to be strong and very courageous. He said in verse number six, be strong and of good courage. Verse nine, have not I commanded thee be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Eddie Rickenbacker set the world's speed record at Daytona in 1914. In World War I, he recorded more victories in aerial combat than any other airplane pilot. He recorded 26 kills. He was awarded with the Medal of Honor. He was named the American Ace of Aces. During World War II, he was serving uh, in a different capacity, but he was involved in a plane crash during World War II. During World War II, he survived for 22 days on a raft in the Pacific Ocean. I'd say this guy knew something about courage. We're complaining about how we have to stay in our, our home. 
with a refrigerator and a microwave and an air conditioner and uh, electricity and a, and a couch and a lazy boy and a, and a bed and, uh, you know, uh, order pizza from, you know, wherever and order, you know, things delivered to our home and pick up groceries to go. And we're thinking, how are we going to survive? Try 22 days in the middle of the Pacific Ocean on a raft. This man survived those things. After all of that, at near the end of his life, he was asked some questions about how he made it through those situations. Eddie Rickenbacker said, courage is doing what you're afraid to do. There can be no courage unless you're scared. Can I tell you, sometimes living the Christian life, there is some fear. Sometimes living the Christian life can be scary, but that's where God gives courage for us to go on. That's where God gives us strength. And that's where, like we said this morning, we realize that in our weakness, God's strength is made perfect. Billy Graham said this. I think this is a great quote. He said, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are stiffened. I like that. You know what we need to be as Christians? You know what we need at Victory Baptist Church as we're going through all this? We need some Christians with some courage. We need some Christians that'll say, I'm just going to hang on to the promise of God. I'm just going to trust God. I'm just going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep coming to church. I'm going to keep serving God. I'm going to try to get back to that Sunday school class. I'm going to try to get back to that choir. I'm going to try to get back to that bus route. I'm going to try to get back to knocking on doors. I'm going to try to get back to being the leader that I need to be in my family and in my home. And I'm going to ask God to give me courage. God can and God will if you'll trust him. John Henry Newman said this, Fear not that your life will come to an end, but fear that your life will never have a beginning. May God help us to have great courage. It was William Carey, the missionary to India, known as the father of modern missions. William Carey said this, he said, You're going to have to attempt great things for God, and then you expect great things from God. Lastly, I see about courage. I see there's a problem. I see there's a promise. I see there's a plan. But I see there's a product. I see that there is an end result. It says in verse 7, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. That's what I want. I want to look back on my life and say, I was prosperous because God was with me every step of the way. I want us to look back as a church and say, you know, in these 31 years, uh, almost uh, 32 years, uh, I just want to say, you know what? God has blessed us. God has taken care of us. God has met our needs every step of the way. God has been faithful. Verse 8, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The end result, what God intends for every child of God is that we would have good success. I'm not talking about a big bank account. That's not success. I'm not talking about having the, the, the most titles behind your name and having the, the highest position in the company. That's not what the Bible terms success. Success is finding God's will and doing it. Success is coming to the end of your life and hearing those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You did what God called you to do. I'll close with this story. Peter Cartwright in the 19th century, he was a circuit-riding preacher. I love hearing these stories of preachers from yesteryear. 
They said that Peter Cartwright was preaching in one congregation, large congregation, and somebody came and warned him. They said, Mr. Cartwright, President Andrew Jackson is in the congregation. We would ask that you please guard your remarks and please not say anything offensive to the president. Peter Cartwright stood up to preach and his opening line, he said, I have been informed that President Andrew Jackson is in attendance and I have been asked to guard my remarks. What I must say is that Andrew Jackson will go to hell if he does not repent of his sin. After the service, President Andrew Jackson approached Peter Cartwright and said, Sir, if I had a regiment of men with the courage that you have, he said, I could conquer the world. And you know what we need as God's people? We need courage. There's enough people out there that are fearful. There's enough people out there that are worried. There's enough people out there that are anxious. And can I say, I don't really blame them if they don't know the Lord. But for those of us that know the Lord, I want to ask you, why would we worry? Why, why would we stress? Why would, be, why would we be nervous? Why would we be fearful when not only has God made the promise, but we have seen it time and again that he's come through and he's never failed us before. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.